Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akhil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of School of Startups, where we talk to successful tech entrepreneurs on how to start and scale their businesses. Today, I want to talk about the top 10 reasons why startups fail. Whether you're looking to start your own startup or buy into an existing startup, I want to make sure you guys don't fail and you have all the steps you need to make sure you succeed in your startup. Today we're going to break it down into the top 10 reasons why startups fail. And I'm going to break it into two different categories that I generally find why startups are failing. Number one is founder issues. And the second category is that the product market fit issues. Those are generally, I would say, captures 95% of the reasons why they would fail. Okay, so let's start with the founder issues. Number one, the founders didn't get along or they didn't vet each other long enough to actually work together. Now, I've all, we've, I think we've all made this mistake. I've made this mistake uh, at least once, okay? Uh, I remember my first time in university, I started my own recruitment agency and startup, and I, I recruited another entrepreneur with me, or I thought he was, and it was just, it was, that's naturally what norm, normally happens, right? You meet somebody, you guys are both excited about an idea, and you're like, let's just get right into it, and next thing you know, a few months get in, and he said, hey, like, you know, what's going on? Um, he's not pulling his weight, I'm doing all the work here, and uh, why, why, am I not, why did I just give him 50% of my company? Um, guys, when you partner with somebody, what I recommend is work with them slowly, get to know them, their values, their work ethic, uh, you know, all, all these type of traits, because you're gonna be working with this person for the next five, six, maybe even 10 years. So look at it like a marriage, right? So make sure you vet them, make sure you get along, and you feel comfortable to be working with them for the next five to 10 years. So that's number one. Number two, not enough startup experience. So what I mean here is the founders just haven't been around the block enough yet, okay? Uh, you haven't spent enough time working at a startup, okay? So I suggest go working at a startup, working at an early stage companies, getting experience in sales, getting experience in customer service, how to build a product. Is, are you a CTO? Actually go out there and build some products first, get to know the code, building sta the, the standards out there, different how to manage people, how to hire people. Um, these are a lot of skills you'll need to be doing on a daily basis um, that if you get it beforehand, your risk actually goes a lot lower uh, before just jumping in and building a startup with zero experience. You can do it. People have done it many, many times, um, but they've also burned a lot of, they've either got really lucky or they've burned a lot of cash and made a lot of mistakes that they would have avoided if they got the startup experience beforehand. All right, so that's number two get the experience before. Number three, they couldn't make their own luck. And what I mean there is uh, they just couldn't figure out how to make it work, okay? They, maybe they're grinding, but they're just not working on the right things. Um, so equally important is, you know, having a good idea is one thing, but execution is probably even more important. And be, in order to make your own luck, you have to be consistent, you have to be driven, and you have to be on the right path and working on the right things. So uh, what I find is a lot of people, a lot of founders are very focused on the product. They say, hey, I've got this killer idea. I'm just gonna build it and everybody's just gonna come to me. And they spend the next year or two years just building the product without even marketing at all, without even validating it, and without letting people know that uh, this product is coming out and whether making sure that they actually wanna pay for it. Okay, so if you wanna make your own luck, uh, make sure you have a good plan in place and you're working towards the right things when you build your startup, all right? So number three is that. Number four, undisciplined, raise too much. So I've seen this quite a few times. Uh, it's nice to, uh, same thing to tie into number three, where now you've, you maybe you've raised some capital, you've got 100,000, 200,000, maybe even a million dollars, and you just get too excited. You just don't know how to manage the money. 
and you feel just comfortable because you've got the money in your account, but you don't realize that as soon as you get that money, you're now on a time crunch. The investors are expecting you to return the money that you pr promised them, and in 12 or 18 months, you're gonna hit your numbers, and you're gonna go out and raise the next round to make your company even more valuable. And I've seen before what happens is uh, companies raise, say, a million dollars, they don't know how to manage it, uh, they, they blow all their money on fancy offices, uh, equipment, chair, parties, you know, you, you've probably seen like private jets as well with some other startups. So it's just being undisciplined, it's unnecessary, it doesn't really help grow your company. Um, so know when to raise capital at the right time. Make sure you can prove yourself with as little as possible. And when you feel comfortable that you know what you're going to spend the money on and you know it'll generate results, then go out there and raise the rest of the money that you need. Okay, so that's number four. Number five, uh, founders think they know more than the customers. That's something I also hear. Uh, the customer tells you something that, hey, look, uh, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a pen, I wanna write, but what you're giving me is a pencil, okay? And the ego, that's what I'm gonna talk about here, that's the most important thing, is holding you back to succeed. You think you're right, you're saying, no, you need this. This is what I'm gonna sell you, and this is what you're gonna buy. But the customer, you're not listening, and you think you just have to go find the next person. And maybe you will find some sucker who will buy it for you at that moment, but it's not a sustainable business because the actual market demand is actually for the other product which you didn't decide to pivot and move towards what the customer uh, wants. So be flexible, okay? Be open-minded and uh, even though you start off with one idea, be flexible to pivot and change your business model as quickly as possible if your market is asking for something else. Okay, don't let your ego get in the way because that's not gonna help anybody and will lead you to fail, all right? So that's number five. The issue we find is product market fit. Starting with number six, tech is hard, too hard to build. Okay, it was just too hard. So you're thinking, oh, we need to add AI in this. We need to add machine learning. We need to add blockchain onto this. Uh, we need to have 100 different features. But what happens is uh, you just overcomplicate the solution. And maybe the solution is just that a simple platform you initially built. You know, so I always suggest start with building an MVP. Very, very simple, uh, minimum viable product and I'm not talking about just a simple product but enough to get out there and sell your product people actually pay for and they can actually use the whole function of the product okay so don't overcomplicate it at first you can always add those on top in the future and only if your your market is asking for it okay don't overcomplicate it you're just gonna waste time and by the time you get out there and launch it's probably already too late and uh, you've lost your chance number seven you built a nice to have not a need to have. So I find this a lot as well. So this is tied to your ego or just uh, thinking, you know, your idea is, is going to be great. Um, you build something that's that we call like a, a vitamin or is it a painkiller? That's another way to look at it. Vitamins are nice. People take it sometimes, sometimes they don't. Uh, but when you're in pain, when you really have a, a, a pain in your head, you have a headache that's throbbing, um, you want that painkiller, you want that Tylenol right away to solve your solution. And that's what you're going to go and pay for. So make sure the product you're building is actually needed by your customers and speak to them, interview them, research it, uh, talk to them specifically and say, hey, I just want to jump on, ask you a couple of questions. If I built this product, is this a problem you're actually having right now? Um, how much time is it, is, it, is it wasting for you? How much money does it cost you at the moment? Okay, and if I was to build a solution, does this cost justify replacing your existing solution? Okay, and if it does, and if I'm going to save you at least maybe five, ten times the amount of money you're spending now, or 10 hours a week, then you know it's a real solution, okay? And then if it's just an add-on, it's like, 
yeah, you know, I can add another uh, little piece here or, you know, another, uh, you know, little lighting here. Okay, it's nice to have, but I can still do the job of right here um, without having that. It's pri poor pricing model, uh, not enough profit margin. So I want to talk about with startups, the big thing you want to look at is your cost per acquisition cost, which we call the CAC, to your LTV. Okay, LTV is your lifetime value. Okay, so many of you probably already know these terms, but what happens is you build a product, you're gonna say, I'm gonna sell it for as cheap as possible, $20 a month, subscription model. Um, and what happens is maybe your customer only pays you for three months. They only stick around, they only like your solution for, let's say, six months. Okay, so six months, okay, times $20 a month. So what does that give you? Do quick math. We got $120, sorry, for an LTV, okay? Um, so now the actual value of your product is gonna be $120 because some people think I'm gonna spend $20, they're gonna pay me $20 a month and they're gonna keep paying forever and all I have to do is keep growing. But you forget that customer's churn. Uh, maybe they don't need it for as long as you hope unless you're building a super complex integrated product. But let's use the example of $120. Uh, the cost per acquisition maybe you run some Facebook ads or you have a sales member, uh, an account executive who's going out and selling the product and you're paying him $200 per, per new sale. So you pay him $200, say, hey, you go out, uh, I'm gonna pay $200, give me 10, maybe 20 new sales a month and then after you're gonna get, in six months, you're gonna realize you actually lost $8,000. Okay, so you, you priced it wrong. So maybe you need to increase this to actually say $50, right? So now it's now your LTV is up to 300. Okay, now you have a profit. Your 300 is higher than your 200. It's still okay, it's not the best. Um, you're only making now, what, a one and a half times your return? So that's what we call the, the LTV to CAC ratio. And what you wanna aim for typically is your minimum of a three to one. Okay, so you wanna get at least three times the money you put in on your cost per acquisition. So if I'm spending $100 on Facebook ads, I wanna get at least $300 in, uh, in re revenue and sales. Even though it's not in the first month, uh, over time, you wanna get at least three times back your money uh, on your investment, okay? So make sure you price out your, your, your uh, model very well. Know your LTV, know long, how long your customers stick for, and make sure it's actually profitable. Otherwise, you're gonna burn your cash and lose your, your business. Number nine, uh, false signals from early customers who are friends of the founders, okay? And what I mean is you didn't get real customers, okay? You talk to your friends, you talk to your family, people in your network and say, hey, come, come try out my, my, uh, my product. And they're like, hey, yeah, good job, this is great, I like it. And maybe they'll pay you for a little bit just to kind of give you some confidence and now you feel you have a real business. But what I find is that's just a false signal. You're not actually having real customers. You want at least, what I'd what I say, 10, Unaffiliated, unaffiliated customers, people you've never met, strangers on the street, people you've met online who are actually gonna pay you. So as soon as you get 10 real customers, you know you're onto something. Now you can repeat it and you can find the next 10, the next 100, the next 1,000. And lastly, number 10 with the product, high churn. This ties back to your pricing model, to the value you bring. High churn will kill your business, okay? Um, at Horizon Capital, at our firm, we look at businesses that are doing less than 5% per month. So that means if I onboard 100 customers in a month, 
Uh, only five of them are going to decide, you know what, this isn't a good fit for me. Um, I'd like to cancel on the next month. Okay, and that's okay. Uh, I've worked with other businesses where churn was over 15% per month. Okay. And, uh, you know, you add 100 customers, you're burning them as quickly as you're adding them. Okay, so over time, you'll, tr you'll think you're growing because you're adding new customers every month. But over time, you'll find you're just burning through them as quickly as possible. So you want to get your churn down as quickly as possible. There's a lot of stuff we can talk about just on churn and how to reduce it. And maybe that'll be the next video we create on how to reduce churn on your startup. All right, so that's it, guys. That's the top 10 reasons. I hope that was helpful. Uh, make sure you know you get your founder product issues taken care of. Number two is your product market fit issues taken care of. Good product, good team, execute. That is the that is the that is the uh, the recipe to success. Um, so hope that was helpful, guys. If you like this video, uh, comment below. I want to hear from you guys. What are other reasons you've seen companies fail? Did I miss anything here, or what experiences you've had from any of these ten? reasons that I mentioned here, what, what, what kind of experiences have you had? I want to hear from you guys below and uh, make sure you subscribe and like the page and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about entrepreneurship, make sure to check out our School of Startups videos on YouTube as well. Until then, see you guys on the next episode.